Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. belief is is when you are serving yourself when you are aligned with what's important to you then you can actually serve others and so it's it's important first of all to understand what's important to you so that you can tap into those gifts that you have to be able to give back welcome back i hope you've had an awesome week so far if you haven't listened in yet to my recent conversations with sales expert Oscar Chavez and with Trey Taylor, author of A CEO Does Only Three Things, then check them out. But stay here first and listen to today's conversations. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Janet Neal. She's a self-described superb woman and a reformed superwoman who has learned how to lead a should-free, productive, joyful, and powerful life and believes all women can do the same. Janet is the founder and queen bee at the Superb Woman Inc., whose mission is to provide women with the resources and opportunities to step into their innate power for the betterment of all. Janet is a frequent speaker and workshop provider for organizations such as IBM, Microsoft, Kraft Foods, and Working Mother magazine. She's the author of Soul in Control, Reflections of a Reformed Superwoman, and The Superb Woman. It's all about the bee. She has been a contributor to the Huffington Post and numerous business publications, as well as hosted a web show called The Superb Woman, Sundays at 7. In our conversation today, Janet talked to me about clarifying and articulating our values as the first step to avoiding overwhelm. We discussed serving ourselves first so that we can serve others. And we talked about really understanding our customer needs. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Janet Neal. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. And I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast from New York in the USA, Janet Neal, who's an inspirational coach, a trainer, and a speaker. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Janet. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Now, Patty Block, who was our guest on episode 438 of the Innova Buzz podcast, introduced us and suggested that we have a conversation with you, Janet. So, a big hello to Patty. 
Yes. Thank you, Patty. <laughs> that is a great connector. Yeah, that's right. And we had a fabulous conversation with Patty about the work she does. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got two businesses. One's the Superb Woman and the other one is Next Steps Navigation. Now, I'm not right. sure if I missed one there, but I know that yeah, those two are very public. <laughs> <laughs> those are the two main ones, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and you enlighten, inspire, and motivate people to be their best and most, most powerful, authentic selves. So I'm really looking forward to digging more into that today. Um, give us a bit of a snapshot of the impact you're making in the world before we dig deeper. Ah, well, I'd like to think that I am making a positive impact. Um, the big, my big mission is, uh, for women to understand that this concept of being a superwoman, it's, uh, nonsense and it doesn't serve anyone. And instead it just results in burnout and frustration. And I'm trying to get across this concept of being a superb woman about being yourself first. And so I think what I have done, I know I've done it with my clients is to help them to realize they don't need to follow all the shoulds, that they are more powerful when they tune into what's important to them and then go do amazing things. Hmm. That's interesting. And um, so I, I'm curious, what, what do you understand by this idea of superwoman? Well, here in the States, um, the whole concept of a superwoman kind of came out of the 60s um, when the um, women's um, empowerment movement started and what the the catchphrase was was that women can do anything and that was caught up um, by Madison Avenue advertisers and they ran with it and they created this concept of a superwoman a woman who not only can do anything but can do everything and um, and that's how it translated that women um, translated it instead of you can do anything you have a choice instead mm. they took it you can do everything you have to do everything by yourself and you have to do it perfectly and that's um, what has been um, gone on for generations now um, and I have yet to meet a single woman where that has worked for them <laughs> yeah well I, I suspect that's that concept won't work for any individual correct <laughs> yeah. and um yeah so what um if we find ourselves in something like that because i'm sure that there, there are men there who who are in that trap as well that trap of perfectionism and trying to do everything um how do we kind of change that mindset and, and free ourselves of of this expectation which you know you talked about how society evolved this mindset of the expectation of of women you know the liberation that the woman didn't have to be restricted to that homely mum um, she could do a whole lot of other stuff but the expectation was then that she had to do it in addition to what she was currently the roles she was currently playing so how do we kind of break that mindset as an individual of I've got to do everything. Right. Um, you know, I can, I can speak for myself how I came across this um, understanding was that um, my life wasn't working after a while. You, you know, mm -hmm. you, the human body could only take so much. 
right? And then it starts to break down and it starts to get your attention. And I knew that if I continued at the pace I was going, I was really going to get sick. And so I knew I had to, I had to step back, which was a very um, scary thing to do, especially since I had no guidelines. Like nobody was there to say, oh yes, this is what you need to do. So what I had to do and what I do with my clients is I had to figure out what's the most important thing to me? What are my values? And so when I work with somebody, I, that's the first thing we do is I have them go through an exercise to figure out what their values are um, and then take a look at what they do in a day and compare the two. And nine times out of 10, if you're feeling off somehow, it's because you're not honoring your values that you're doing what somebody else tells you you should do or what you think you should be doing and you're not doing what's right for you. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And and you talked about um, getting the feeling that if you continue to do what you were doing, you'd, you'd be sick. Now, a lot of people do have major illnesses and uh, before they realize that, that they're on this path. So how was it that you realized that before, before your body said, okay, I'm going to stop you now and, and cause some major illness or disease, right. which is interesting. Yeah, disease is dis-ease. Dis-ease, correct, correct. I mean, there were enough um, red flags in my life. You know, I was, I was eating too much, drinking too much, spending too much money. There was enough of those things that finally got my attention. But the other thing was, it was the first time in my life that I actually listened to that little voice inside. Um, you know, I, I used to say that it took three times to get my attention. The first time was that little thing in my ear, that little buzz that would have an idea, and I'd swat that away. And the next time, it would be like a tap on the shoulder, and I'd go, yeah, 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 I got this. And I'd have to wait until we got the two-by-four that hit me across the head to get my attention. Um, and for the first time in my life, literally, I listened before it got to the two-by-four. Um, and I just, I, I think part of it is that I saw my mom, that this happened to my mom as well. And she was not, she was, you know, a mom of the fifties and the sixties. And so she was not one of those work outside the home. She was the traditional homemaker, but even in that role, she felt she had to do everything, do it by herself and do it perfectly. And, um, she had, a an illness where she couldn't leave the house for a couple of years. And mm. I knew, you know, if, if it happened to my mom, it could happen to me and I don't want to go there. Mm. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit more then about how we should go about doing this values exercise, because I think this is so powerful, um, you know, living in alignment with your values. And, and I guess most people do to some extent, uh, but it's more intuitive than anything else. So how do we become more conscious of that and, and check in and, and so that we have this ability to listen to that inner voice before we get thumped right. by the four by two? Exactly. Um, what I do is I have a, a list of common values and, and you could Google um, and find, you know, list of common values. And I have people go through an exercise where they go do a first pass through and they say, um, yeah, that sounds good. And they'll just circle it. And then I have them go back again and narrow it down to 10 um, and and then write them down. Because, you know, if you if you see something that's one level of commitment, if you 
write it down, it's another le level of mm. commitment. And then if you speak it, it's another level of commitment. So I have them write it down and then I have them post it somewhere in their house, like on their desk or on their mirror or on their refrigerator. A friend of mine told me that she's had it on her refrigerator for years. So that it's a constant reminder. It's there in their face um, that this is what's important to me. And so if you're going to make a decision on, well, what am I going to do today? You know, I've got, I could do this or I could do this. There's your list. There's your guide right there. Hmm. You know, how does this serve me? Right. Because my belief is, is when you are serving yourself, when you are aligned with what's important to you, then you can actually serve others. Hmm. So it's, it's important, first of all, to understand what's important to you so that you can tap into those gifts that you have to be able to give back. Yeah, I love that concept. It's, um, I always come back to the metaphor of when you're on the aircraft and they do the safety briefing and it's like when the oxygen mask drops, put your own one on first before Absolutely. you help others. Because if you pass out, you're not going to be able to no help good. anybody else. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Yep. All right. So um, in in this values exercise, so uh, how do we – because I know you have a, a parable about the superb woman that's kind of a metaphor or a paradigm that explains the situation that – a woman might find herself in if she's got this superwoman um, thing happening in her life and how she might make that transition. How do you use stories to bring those values to life? Um, I use stories in a lot of different ways. Um, I use stories in conversation. Uh, when I do speaking engagements, um, I speak in stories. Um, I have a blog where I use it. And then my book, um, The Superb Woman, is really a parable. It's mm. a bunch of stories that are based on real-life conversations I've had with women and their experiences in life and how they've gone from this, you know, feeling overwhelmed, um, you know, trying to do it all, to this real self-realization and then how they made the change and what happened as a result. And the interesting thing is, is as you had alluded to, this is not just for women, right? I, I mm. happen to focus on women because yeah. um, that's that's my focus area. But as you said, I have this other business with Patty Block called Next Steps Navigation, and we work with um, emerging adults, um, students who have just graduated from college, and it's the same process with them they feel overwhelmed. Our clients mm. feel overwhelmed. They they don't know what to do. Um, they feel they have to do everything, but they don't know how to even get started. And so we start the same way with them. We start with what's their value, you know, what's important to them, and then what skills do they have, and how can they best bring that forward into the world? Yeah, yeah, I can see the parallels there. Um, and I guess it's it's a case of Certainly for students coming out of um, education that there are just so many choices today and and then, of course, the expectations of family, of society, of friends are always there. I mean, that's always been there, but today it's magnified by things like social media and, and the press and 
publications that are so much more freely available to us. Exactly. Um, and and the same is true of people that are already in business and are already on that that journey. How do we? Well, first of all, talk to us a little bit more of that about that overwhelm. How do we recognize that? And how do we come to accept that? I actually have a choice. It's, mm. it's my choice, and um, so to actually take responsibility for the choice. You know, I did not, well, well, well into my 20s, I did not have that realization that I had a choice, that I had control over my life. It just, I just didn't ever realize that. And I read a book um, by Dr. Wayne Dyer that completely shifted um, my perspective. It was the first time that I went, well, really? I, I could be in charge of my own life? <laughs> it was, it was mind blowing to me. Um, and so that's kind of the, the same thing that I see in working with clients is a lot of times they it hadn't even been a thought that they had the power to have control over their own life. And so we start with small things, you know, all right. So I could give them something to do and, and you have a choice and why, what are you basing your choice on? Um, and why do you make those choices? And then you build on that. So you see success like, Oh, I did this because this was important to me. Wow. And I felt great as a result of it. Or I did this because somebody else said to do this. And, you know, cause it was on Instagram and that's yeah. what everybody else was doing. And why do I feel so empty inside? And then we talk about that, right? It's like, how do you align with what's right for you? And how do you do that? It's, it's a process. Um, mm. And until you experience some of this in your own life, um, it's very hard to, to just think about it cerebrally. Um, because it's not just a mind thing. It's really about uh, integrating it into your whole being. Mm. Yeah. And what I love about that, I mean, it, if you recognize those feelings um it's kind of like doing an exercise and building a muscle isn't it absolutely you, you recognize those feelings and you say well i've made this choice and i feel really good about that choice and and there may be something good has come about as a result of that choice of course that always helps yes um, <laughs> but on the other side of it of course is then being able to say well i made this choice it didn't actually work out the way I was hoping it would, so the result wasn't was disappointing. In fact, and yet the choice was still a good one because I've learnt a lesson, or because it's closed that door but opened another one, whatever it might be. Yeah, I've been um, taking a class on positive intelligence um, by uh, Shirzad Shazin. I think is how you say his last name out of the San Francisco Bay Area. And it's very powerful. And, and what it teaches you is how to shift your thoughts from uh, negative thoughts over to the positive through a series of exercises. But the, the one thing that I find very powerful is finding the gift um, in something that you think is, oh, my God, what does happen? It's like, how do you find the gift in it? Um, and what, ha what has it taught you? Um, and going through that kind of an exercise is, really valuable to me. Um, I see it as being um, a way out 
it's a way out of your head when you get stuck in the, oh, what was me? Oh, this mm. oh, this is so horrible, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what could possibly be good here, right? Let's yeah. find that. It's a, it's a shift in your thinking. It's a shift in your perspective that starts to affect other things in your life as well. Mm, yeah, I love that that approach. And I, I often use that when I'm feeling as though something hasn't gone my way. Mm-hmm. The Somebody said a few words to me the other day and I thought that's brilliant that's a really good way to look at this and it's um, things don't happen to us they happen for us yes so if if you can actually integrate that and say yes you know this 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 is bad the outcome is bad but it's happened for me so what's what is the gift you know right exactly Let's dig into it. What is the gift? Because clearly if you, um, well, let's take an extreme example. So I came off my bicycle several years ago and had a a set of rather severe injuries. And, of course, that was very unpleasant. Uh, But to look at that and say, well, what, what are the lessons out of that? You know, this has happened for me, not to me. Mm -hmm. And what was your answer? Uh, there were a lot of answers out of that. Uh, part of it was a lesson in, well, there, there wasn't anything clear to me, and I still don't know to this day, what was the cause of me losing control. Oh. Um, so there, there wasn't necessarily a lesson there in terms of don't do that again or uh-huh. do it differently next time. Um, however... Yeah, there there was some lessons in that in terms of okay, I was forced to slow down for several months, in fact, and um, and the other thing was in that slowdown period. Of course, I didn't ride my bike. In fact, for the first six weeks or so, no exercise at all, and the appreciation then of I really miss exercise. I really miss getting out into the sunshine and riding my bike. You know, the so yeah. it probably gave me a much bigger appreciation of the enjoyment and that. And the other part of it, possibly, this might be because I'm getting older and slower. But <laughs> the other part of it is that you know, not not every ride's a race. <laughs> so oh, even if, oh, you know, are we, you realizing that? <laughs> as as we um. Yeah, as we go out as a group, of course, there's a lot of friendly competition. And I think, well, you know, really, it doesn't matter. Right, right. Mm. Exactly. You know, your point, though, about the causing you to slow down. I just had this conversation yesterday with um, a client of mine who has been getting sick a lot. And um, I said, what do you think is the lesson in here for you? And she's like, I don't know. I just... You know, I can't do anything. I just have to lay on the couch. I'm like, huh, what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, do you think maybe you need to slow down? And she's like, yeah, I probably do. Hmm. And I thought, well, so I said to her, well, here's your choice. This is your choice. So your choice is you either listen to this and you learn from it or you don't. And it's hmm. going to happen again. So it's your choice. Um, and it depends on, on what you want with your life. If you, if, your body is trying to tell you to slow down Hmm. and it's doing everything it can. It's just going to, it's like my example with the two by four, right? It's just going to keep raising the stakes here. So your choice, you know, you can keep going the way you want, but there's consequences. Yeah, that's right. And 
part of it is giving yourself permission. Hey, it's okay to lie down on the couch for an hour right. each day, and 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 thereby slow down, and I don't have to wait until the I feel uncomfortable or I feel ill. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things lately on LinkedIn articles about that, about it's okay. And actually it's good for you to hmm. do that. You know, you rejuvenate, you, your brain gets rejuvenated. You can think better. You can um, come up with better ideas when you're slowed down a little bit. So hmm. um, it's interesting. It seems to be uh, very popular right now. Yeah. For a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the you you also talk about um, and and this connects back, I think, to the next steps navigation work you do is l looking for inspiration for those choices mm -hmm. from your childhood. So tell us a little yeah. bit more about how you go about that and and why we should be doing that. Why we should be looking in those sort of places for inspiration. Yeah. I um if you ever watch a child play, they do it just it, there's no motivation there. There's no, you know, I have to do this. They're doing it because they love it. It's mm. just for the joy of it. Um and so I feel that that is there's a there's an essence of truth right there in those moments. The things that you do because you're good at them, they bring you joy, um, whatever. And so I always have my clients, when I'm talking to them, I say, tell me about your favorite thing to do as a kid. And and you can watch people, if you're on Zoom, <laughs> you can watch their expression when they go back in time. It's like, ah, right? If there's, a, there's like a little exhale there. And then they'll say, well, you know, my favorite thing, I love to build forts in the backyard. It was really cool, right? And so you get them into that childlike thinking. Okay, so you like to build forts. Why did you like to build forts? Well, it was fun to figure things out. Ah, so you like to figure things out. That's a core thing for you, right? So you start to dissect these things. So for me, I loved, speaking of bikes, I love to get on my bike and go exploring. I would just mm. go off by myself and I would go find a field and I would just go explore. And that is me. I love to figure things out. I love to go out there where there's nobody else and figure out a new path. And that so relates to where my skills are today and what brings me joy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good when you can kind of relate the things that you really enjoy and, and and chunk them up to well what's what's underlying that what was it that really drove that joy or inspired exactly. that yeah yeah mm. yeah another thing i do sometimes is i have people uh, well i did it more so in the past but um if they have magazines um that they look at you know what you know you're going through a magazine what do you stop and look at what is your eye drawn to, right? Mm -hmm. What articles do you read? Why? There's something in that that draws you in. There's there's an interest there. There's um, curiosity to that particular thing. And so notice patterns when you start doing like things like that. Books, you know, what books are you drawn to? Why are you drawn to that? And just start to notice things about your life. It's really living life um more in the present moment and being aware of everything that you're doing. It, there's 
the answers are right there. We just <laughs> yeah. beyond them. It's like, oh, it couldn't possibly be that, be that hmm. right? We're looking beyond it. The answer's right there. You just got to be aware of your life. Yeah, yeah, that's a um, great point. And in some ways, it's slowing down a little bit to um, be more self-aware and be curious, um, yes. uh, asking the question, hmm, why did I stop to read that particular article? Okay. What what was it that drew me in? Yeah, what was it that caught my attention? Exactly. Hmm. exactly. All right. So um, what I did want to explore a little bit more was, you know, how did you get started with this next step navigation business? What was the need you saw and, and how did you, uh, I mean, I know some of the story, but how did you kind of, take that and develop it into a business really quickly. Yeah. So Patty and I had been introduced a cup, Patty Black and I had been introduced a couple of years ago and we immediately hit it off. And um, so we would just have conversations and got to the point where we thought it would be great to come up with some sort of a business idea. And since both of us worked with women, women entrepreneurs, we thought, all right, we'll go down that path. We'll come up with something where we do like a mastermind or something like that. So we were going down that path and uh, we were having lunch one day and um, Patty starts telling me about one of her clients who asked her if she would mind speaking to her, let's say it was her son, um, who had just graduated from college um, because her son was was having a hard time trying to figure things out. And as Patty's talking, I'm watching her and she's lighting up and there is such energy when she's talking about it. And I said, Patty, let me stop you right there. There's the energy right there. And the interesting thing was, is I had the exact same thing happen to me. I had been working with clients who then said, you know, would you mind talking to my son, my daughter? Um, and that was, and so we saw that there was a need. Um, we also have three children each. And um, and we know that even though we get paid to do these things and we know how to do it, kids don't listen to their parents. Mm. <laughs> and so we knew that there is a need out there. Parents have the best of intentions. They may even have the skills to be able to help their kids, but they're the parents. And, um, and so there's a need for somebody else, a third party, disinterested in the family dynamics, right? That can come in there and just be a neutral third party and help out. Um, and so that's, that's how it got started. And the really good thing, and I'll put this out there as a, um, a thing for people who are thinking of starting a business with someone else. For, I've been an entrepreneur since 2002. And since 2002, I said I wanted to have a partner and I have never found a partner. It just didn't work out. And so well, it's fine. I just went along until I started talking to Patty. And the reason why Patty and I work really well together is we know what we're good at and what we're not good at and where our strengths are and where they're not. And Patty loves the back end. She is the introvert and she loves to set up the systems and do the spreadsheets. And I can't stand that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the one that's out in front and talking and she can't stand that. So it's perfect together. So we hmm. complement each other. Um, we are very clear about our intentions. We're very clear about, and Patty, I have to give her 
so much credit for all of this. You know, she documents everything and has everything all set up. Um, and I, you know, point me in the right direction and I'll go do it. Um, and so it's been a wonderful partnership and, um, we bring, you know, the two of us together bring so many different perspectives and yet we have a lot of shared experiences that we could bring to the table. Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's so much to love about that. I mean, with the, you know, you, you described how, um, I guess, first of all, you know, you've got to be accepting of, I can't do it all, <laughs> which has yes. been oh, the, the topic of the conversation so far, but yes. also about, well, I don't, I don't have the skills to do some of these things and I don't even have the interest to learn the skills because even I don't more. enjoy it. Right. Yeah. And so, so to, um, and then to, in addition to that, actually back off on that and trust the other person. So the other person has those skills, they're doing that. So leave them to do it and trust that. So, you know, there's, there's a whole range of things there that, that, are really important if you're going into a partnership with somebody like you've described with with patty and and sounds like you've got it absolutely nailed the yeah the other part i love about the story is how you kind of identified the idea because mm. it sounded like you know you started off down the path of hey we get on really well we enjoy each other's company we complement each other in terms of skill sets and i'd love to do some business together, work right. together and, and come up with some ideas. So let's develop an idea. And yep. you kind of followed the path of your own businesses and where you um, you were operating right then and there. But then all of a sudden you realized, hey, there is a need there and there's a passion that matches that need. Yep. So, that's yeah. Exactly right. that's, mm. a, that's the way I like to operate is to go in with um, – a direction, an intention, um, but I go in with my eyes wide open and mm. um, and maintain the curiosity so that if I see, if I, I think we should go this direction and I am listening and I'm um, observing that there's a need over here and then I have the skill set to do that, I am very able to pivot. Mm. Yeah, and it comes back again to this idea of being self-aware um yes. so how, do, how do you kind of train that self-awareness train that you know that, that you see those signals or those um yeah i'm not sure what the right word is those signals or that that external environment is is opening up some opportunities for you that you have to recognize them right yeah um you know it's happened to me on more than one occasion where um, I felt the need to step back in my business and say, I, I don't know if I'm on the right path. I don't know mm. if, if it's still what I was doing is still valid. And so what I learned to do, um, very early, thankfully, is to give myself the gift of time. And the, the first time when I was trying to figure out what to do, um, I knew that if I sat and thought about it, um, I would drive myself crazy. Um, and so I also believe that our unconscious, our subconscious knows a heck of a lot um, if we allow it to come forward. And so what I did is I cleaned my attic. I did. I knew I needed to do something that was mindless, that I didn't have to think about. Um, and as I was cleaning the attic, 
these ideas came to me. Hmm. And I was like, wow, wow. It, that, write it down so you don't forget it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's the same kind of thing in meditation. Meditation does the same kind of thing. It, it, it quiets the, the conscious mind so that the unconscious mind can come forward. Um, so my first uh, foray into meditation was cleaning my attic. <laughs> <laughs> and now what I do when I'm in those, um, those times where I feel like I need to take the step back, um, I, I allow myself to do that. Um, you know, if it's a, a week, a day, you know, whatever. But I allow myself that time um, to be quiet with no no pressure on, okay, by the end of the day, you have to come up with something. No, it's the time to be quiet and to just allow. And every single time I've done that, something has come up. Now, is that going to be the be-all, end-all? I don't know. But it's worth pursuing. And so then what I do is then I go, okay, so this is a great idea. Um, is there a need for it out there? Because I can come up with a million great ideas. <laughs> yeah. And um, I once had I had a corporate um, sales career where I worked at IBM. And um, I went to uh, one of my clients once and I had a solution for him. And I was pitching it to him. And he said, Janet. What's my problem? <laughs> What's the problem here? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said, you got to understand what I need, first of all, and then give me the solution. Don't give me the solution first. And that has stuck with me forever. Mm. Um, that, you know, I come up with great ideas. I, I know what you need, right? Mm. <laughs> but if you don't know it, it's not going to do any, it's any good. So I need to go out there. I've got my idea. I have to see whether there's a need out there and how can i mesh these two together hmm. yeah that's uh, that's definitely something that we a trap we all fall into from time to time and i think you know that's one of the reasons why a lot of business ideas fail because they haven't really established is that a need indeed they're kind right. of following <laughs> comes back to where we started this conversation they're following expectations um, or they look at something and say oh Somebody seems to be, or everybody seems to be doing really well from this particular service. So I'll jump on that and do that as well. Yeah, um, shiny objects. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Whereas I haven't established, you know, is there actually a need for another one of those services? Maybe there is a need for that particular service, but it might be fully, fully um, addressed already. And then, of course, the second one of what we've been speaking about as well is, am I good at that and am I really passionate about that? Yes. particular service exactly. or activity. Exactly. Hmm. And so it's the same kind of thing that I was in the example with the Next Steps Navigation, you know, where as Patty's talking, I had, I was like, whoa, here's the idea. Hmm. And then hmm. we just, in comparing notes, we had seen it in our own lives and our own businesses that there was a need out there. And then we did the market research and went out and started talking to parents of, college-age students and they're like oh my god yes and so mm. then we're like okay there's something here yeah so so you do your homework you know mm. you you have and the idea you figure it out then you do the homework and then you build on that mm. and how did you start up from there so did you sort of set up the business and you know big fanfare or did you test things first 
this would be Patty did all of the background, you know, set up the system, set mm. up everything. God bless Patty. <laughs> she set up <laughs> everything, you know, from the nuts and bolts part of the business. Um, and then as far as getting the marketing, the word out there, that was more, it was collaborative, but it was more, you know, on me to go out there and to do the talking. And, um, you know, I did net, a lot of networking events and I would stand up and I'd say, hey, we got this new service, if you know anybody. Um, and so that's how I started to get the word out. Um, and then, as I said, we would do um, just some market research and start talking to um, people in that demographic, parents of students in that demographic. And through that, um, we got more than one client um, who would say, hey, you know who you should talk to? Hmm. Um, and so that's how it got started. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, you were already doing some of that activity. So you knew mm -hmm. there was a need there. And then speaking to a few more people about what you were doing, you saw that exactly. that need was actually fairly universal. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Okay. What, one of the things that occurred to me as you were describing that and, and the journey is that I think all of us do things that we kind of take for granted in some ways, you know, where we're adding enormous value to somebody else. And yet if, if we stop to think about it for a moment, I know I've, I've got some things like that where you stop to think about it for a moment and you think, oh, that's nothing. That's, you know, everybody knows how to do that. It's just this one person that, that I'm kind of helping. They're obviously not real good at this one activity, so I'm helping them. And yet in some of those things, there are huge opportunities because we assume everybody else knows how to do this. And that assumption is absolutely, totally flawed. <laughs> Often we're the only people that have figured it out. Right. Um, how do we become more aware of those things or sort of, again, you know, maybe it comes back to what you were telling us before, um, stepping back and and not taking those things for granted because we do them automatically, um, right. but recognizing that, hey, this is something that if somebody else, if I could teach somebody else how to do that, if I could teach a hundred other people how to do that, first of all, it, it makes a huge difference to them. And secondly, there's an opportunity for a business there. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's a um, a very common human um, belief or failing there that you think because it's easy for you, it's mm. like there's no value to it, right? Mm. Um, because right. it's just something you do. Um, I, I I like to think of this example when I was in elementary school, I did a uh, in an art class, I did a block print of uh, like a fish or something. And we had to put it on paper and there wasn't enough room. So I just started overlapping them. And the art teacher was like, what? Oh my God, this is great. I'm like, I just put it down, right? <laughs> to me. And, and I won like art competition, but I was embarrassed by that. Cause it's mm. like, God, this is nothing. But apparently people don't know. <laughs> Because that age didn't necessarily think that. And so that was a really big lesson to me that um, just because it was easy for me, that it didn't seem like it was any big deal, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the truth. 
Hmm. Right. Uh, for others, for others. Um, and so it's really kind of checking that out. Um, so especially things that are easy for you. Um, like for example, I have no problem getting up and speaking in front of groups of people. Hmm. None. Right. And other people, not so much. Right. <laughs> yeah, most people fear it more than death. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so that's something that it's like, all right, well, then that's a strength of mine. Right. So that's something that I should use because it's not, it's not always the commonplace. And so if it's something that I can do and not have to work, you know, not have to struggle with it, why not use it? Hmm. Why not use it? Um, and how can you build on that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's good to reflect on those things from time to time. Um, mm -hmm. And and I guess the first signal, and I, I've started trying to do this a lot more, where somebody says something, "Oh, what did you do there? How did you do that?" To right to say, "Hang on, that's there's a signal, right?" Exactly. Oh, hmm. Exactly. Yes. All right. Well, this is fabulous, Janet. I could keep talking ages about some of these topics and exploring and digging deeper, but I'm, I'm just aware of the time. So I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. And uh, it's the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the idea is that your answers will inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today as a result. Oops. So what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Uh, they need to be curious. They hmm. need to um, maintain that childlike curiosity about life. Yes, uh, that, that's. I think that's so important, and um, it's such a pity that that's trained out of us once we get out of exactly. childhood, right? Exactly. <laughs> hmm. All right, and and yeah, taking the time to ask those questions, whether it's cleaning the attic or. Just going right. for a walk and, and then, oh, that, no, I'm curious. I wonder why I had that thought. Right. Hmm. Exactly. All right. The best thing you've done to develop new ideas other than cleaning the attic. Oh, the attic was a good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it just goes back to that same concept. The best thing is um, is take myself on vacation or just take myself out of my day-to-day -day stuff. Hmm. I wanted to write a book. And I decided, um, wouldn't that be fun to write a book in Paris? Mm. Um, like, well, why not? <laughs> so yeah. I did. So I did. And, you know, I'm, when you're in a totally different atmosphere, um, it's not the same old, same old in your head. And it forces you to think differently. Um, mm. So putting yourself in a different environment doesn't have to be you know, going to Paris, but... Um, just putting yourself in a different yeah. environment so that you think differently. Hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, though. <laughs> yeah, it was a great one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm a keen photographer, as as my listeners would know, my regular listeners. And if I'm in my regular sort of day-to-day -day routine, running podcasts, running my business, I don't actually do that much photography. Um, mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, the the classic is if I go away on a holiday, that's where I'm really taking photographs. And, of right. course, five days in, suddenly I become really creative because I've started right. this practice of taking photographs and now all of a sudden my eye is 
getting used to looking for scenes yeah. and looking for exactly. different ways to look at things or frame things or different lighting, different, um, yeah, different perspectives on on scenes and so on. So, and I think, you know, that's a good metaphor and probably works for all kinds of different things. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's a mm. good example. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Uh, these days, Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, resource in what way? Well, it could be technology. Resource? Could be anything. Could be technology. Could be other people. Could be, you know, could um, be just a, a, yeah, a, a habit that you have. Yeah. Well, I I have um, what I call my tribe, um, my tribe of superb women. Um, and so I have, um, I am so grateful to have met so many amazing, strong, powerful, superb women. Um, and so if I've got some ideas, um, they're, they're the ones that I go to and say, what do you think about this? And they will give it to me straight, you know, (laughs) that's never going to work. Right. Or say, oh my goodness. Yes. I hadn't thought about that. And, um, so surround yourself with people who are, who will give you honest feedback um, mm. and who have your back. You know, it's one thing to go and, and be around people who will give you feedback um, because that could cut you down. Mm. But it's the people who believe in you and have your back and will be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, that's, I think there's a really great tip there. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, mastermind, which is kind of something like that um is is a really great resource but yep. the important thing i think is that other people have to care about your success and of course you've got to go in there and care about their success yes yeah which um you know i think that that is then that then brings about that i'm going to be honest uh, that doesn't mean unpleasant but Correct. honest in terms of if if that's a bad idea then so gee i don't think that'll work i think that's a bad idea because here's here's where i see the issues yeah exactly mm-hmm. yep or or maybe even be constructive about it and say well if you turned it around and or turned it upside down or turned it inside out or did this to it made yeah. this change well, also with the curiosity have you mm-hmm. thought about you know yeah. this Right. And so it's posing it that way. Mm, I love it. Yeah. So a tribe of super women around you, but superb, people, superb people, women, superb. Sorry. I got the, yeah. <laughs> yes. They they were super women, but now they're superb women. Exactly. <laughs> yes. They've undergone that transformation. Um, the important thing, of course, though, is, is building those human relationships and, and yes. that people, they all care about one another's success. Okay, now the best way to keep a client on track? Uh, communicate, 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 right? Mm. It's like it just you can't communicate <laughs> too often. Um, I find one of the most annoying, annoying things uh, these days is ghosting. Um, <laughs> and um, it, it just drives me crazy. And, and working with... Um, you know, young people, that seems to be a thing. And so I tell them right up front, you know, if you are, if you've got any problem or what, you know, you got to talk to me, 
because this ghosting and just walking away, it ain't working. Mm. <laughs> so, so I uh, maintain, you know, after every client engagement, I write up what we talked about, um, kind of more for myself than them. But, um, so we have a record of it. And then before the next engagement, you know, a reminder about things. And then, um, I have a policy that in between engagements, if they have any questions to reach out um, at any time uh, via text or email. Hmm. Yeah, communication is so important. And, and sometimes that means everything's on track, there's nothing to report. That's, that's actually very valuable communication because it kind of says that they're probably on track mm -hmm. or in terms of... Um, you know, your, the work that or actions that you've taken on board in between the regularly scheduled sessions that, that everything is working in the background. Yeah, yeah hmm. exactly. That's something I have to remember because often I, I'm one of those people that I guess it's the introverted nature. It's everything's on track. There's nothing to report, so right. you, I don't <laughs> report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay, and uh, what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to differentiate themselves? Uh, they need to be authentic. Hmm. They need to be their authentic selves. That's, that's the key. And people are drawn, people know authenticity, right? And they are drawn to it because, unfortunately, there's not a lot of it out there. And so when you see it, people are like, wow, wow, I, there's something about this person. It's because they're being themselves. You know, mm. you're, you're drawn to that energy. It's, um, you know, we talked a lot about expectations and fitting into a certain path or something that society or family or whatever expects of us earlier on in the conversation. And I think that part of this um, trend that you don't see authenticity as much perhaps as as we would like um, mm. is coming back to this expectation isn't it so it's it, yeah. again it's that self-awareness that it's okay to make that choice to be yourself mm -hmm. in fact you know talking about the superwoman versus the superb woman um, being yourself yeah. is actually a lot less draining and <laughs> it costs a lot less energy um, absolutely just speak to any actor and yeah and i do a um training with some corporate training and that's actually a course in this one company about the authentic leader and how there's studies that show you know the productivity that results when a, a leader is authentic um you know there's there's so many positive attributes that come out of just somebody being themselves mm. um, and being authentic in their interactions with people yeah the, the other important thing i think there though is that um if we're authentic, we've got to give ourselves permission to say that you know, some people are going to look at us as people, as characters, and say, no, don't like that person, and that's perfectly okay. They have the right to their opinion. Yeah, because those that say, oh, I really like that person, I'd love to work with that person, yeah. they know what they're getting. Yes, and from, from a um, business perspective, you want to work with people who mm. want to work with you. Because if you're working with somebody and it's a struggle, it's not worth your time. Yeah, exactly right. 
Okay, well, thanks, Janice. This has been fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you, the work you do, get a hold of your book, and um, maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you shared? No, oh, thank you for asking. Um, so, if you uh, want to find out more about how we work with emerging adults, um, helping kids get on uh, the right path, go to nextstepsnavigation.com. If you want to find out more about what I do with women in helping them to be their authentic, powerful selves, go to thesuperbwoman.com. And I have two books that are up on Amazon. Um, and if you just search my name or The Superb Woman, you will find it. Great. And so one of them was written in Paris. Where was the other one written? Yes, the other one was written um, in New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> Not quite as <laughs> exciting. Talk about my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Do you have some parting advice for our listener today, Janet? I would say uh, the best thing you can do, as I've been saying, is to be yourself, to take that time to value yourself, to know that you have unique gifts and talents that the world needs, um, and to figure out what they are, where the need is in the world, and how you can marry the two. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. And so succinctly put, too. Mm. Love it. <laughs> All right. Finally, Janet, who else should I get on this show and why? Oh, um, I just met a woman yesterday, uh, Melissa Blair, and she has a company called Cultivating Sales, and she uh, has done an amazing job of pulling together um, all these different communication platforms into one so that you could just look at one place and have your CRM, have your... Um, all the blogs that you do, do all of your communications. It's all in one place. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, but she, she comes from the viewpoint that it's all about, um, that business is about relationships and mm. how can you put the technology in place so that you can best cultivate relationships. Oh, great. That's one of my favorite subjects because I'm, I'm kind of a technology geek, but I recognize and I see that this annoys me when people abdicate um, the human aspects to the technology and they say, well, right. you know, the, either, either, well, the technology doesn't allow that, so bad luck, or, or it's like, I, you know, I don't want to talk to you. I'm just send, send a help request to the system or whatever right. it might be. Yeah. So exactly. yes, that's one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I'll, um, get you to introduce us to Melissa and we'll reach out and have that conversation. Excellent. Excellent. You'll enjoy it. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today, Janet. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I, I think there's a lot of value in what you've shared. So all the best for the future and let's stay in touch. Thank you. You're going to really appreciate this. It's been a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed that wonderfully informative and engaging conversation with Janet and took something away from her episode. Janet's focus on curiosity about self and about our own thoughts were some of the big highlights for me. I'd love to know what you took away from Janet's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Janet Neal. 
That is J-A-N-E-T-N-E-A-L. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Janet Neal. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Janet, as well as links to the Superb Woman website, to the Next Steps Navigation website, to Janet's social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you like this episode, please do share it. Share it with at least two other people that it might help because you're doing them a massive favour. Tag me in on that share and I will reach out to you with a special thank you. Janet suggested that we have a conversation with Melissa Blair of Cultivating Sales on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Melissa, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Janet Neal. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast. We have yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Dr. Dwayne Varan of Media Science and Stefan Hedebrandt of Dream Data. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.